again, it's like the funny thing that I still notice this, that it's like, hey guys, meet someone next to you, and this side still stands up, and this side doesn't. <laughs> so, two weeks in a row, we're here. Oh, Savannah stood up. We're going to clap. Um, sweet. If you guys don't know me, my name is Andrew. I am on the college staff here, um, and I'm super excited um, to be up here and just walking through this series with you guys. Um, for you that don't know, we are in our second week of a series called Jesus Calls, um, and we're taking the next, I guess, there's a total of four weeks, this week and two weeks after, looking through different parts um, of our culture and our world um, that are telling us and calling us to do certain things and where we see Jesus inside of um, the Bible to call us to something completely different. So last week we were talking about Jesus calls us to follow. And we were in um, the book of Mark, uh, Mark 8, where it says, um, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow after me. Um, and we talked through what that looks like, what does it mean for us to follow Christ, and what does that look like for someone who's never done it and for someone who has before um, chosen to follow Christ. Um, and I'm super excited to jump into this week. Um, it's, we're gonna, it's called Jesus Calls Us to Unity. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what the Lord has. So if you guys would pray with me really quick, and then we'll jump in. Um, Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you that we get to be in your word. And Lord, let it be um, a lamp to our feet. Um, and let us just fill our hearts with you. Let us just, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and you bring your presence and Lord, you just have your way. And it's in your name. Amen. Sweet. So if you guys were here last week, um, you guys got a very great experience of seeing freshman Andrew. Um, now I'm going to show you guys a picture of senior Andrew and he looks the exact same age. So didn't change much. Messed up, shaving my beard, had to shave the whole thing. I hated it. But I want to start here. So this guy right here, this guy's name is Josh Garza. Um, me and Josh, um, we went to school together. Um, we came in as freshmen. We graduated the same year. Um, but what's really funny is that me and Josh, when we came in freshman year, we did not like each other. We were like very much, we, we like had to hang out because we were at the same university. Like our, the university I went to was 1,000 students. So like you saw, I saw him all the time. Um, we were in the same major, so I had a ton of classes with him. Um, and then we also had just like tons of mutual friends. Like my freshman roommate who I was best friends with went to high school with him. Like, and they didn't even know they were going to the same college. Um, so I was around him all the time, but we just didn't get along. We, we saw our differences in each other and that really brought out a lot of arguments. I clearly remember like going through college and getting in yelling fights with him, like getting in each other's face, yelling, telling each, telling each other off. Like it just wasn't a good relationship. And what's really funny is in this picture, we didn't like each other at this point either. So it's really funny that I, I found this and I was like, man, I texted him right after this. I was like, dude, I was like, how are you doing? Because he just had a kid. Um, but I, I just laughed because this picture, we didn't even like each other. Because the thing was, is like there was everything in me was through all the years, it just came to this point of like, man, Josh is like this. This is who Josh is. I don't want to be a part of it. He's this, this, and this. Um, but this all changed actually like really fast. Um, he ended up dating this girl who I was working with at a church. She was my coworker. We were super close. And one day she was in our staff meeting and she was just stressed out. And she was just like, Andrew, I'm just like, everything just feels like it sucks right now. Josh is freaking out because he's about to graduate and he has nowhere to live. And I have no idea why I did this. I just looked at her, I was like, Josh could live with me. I, we can share a room. And then I left that meeting. I said, what did I just do? Like, I was like, oh my goodness. I was just like in the moment of being a good friend and I just said something. Um, but it ended up being really cool. So Josh moved in with me um, into a house I was living in. It was my roommate in the same room. Um, we still struggled a lot. But it was in this moment that I was able to step into Josh's world and get to really know him. Like it was like never before had I ever thought like, 
who is Josh and what is he like and all these things. All I thought was, man, he's this way. And there was some hurt from freshman, sophomore year where we get in these fights and there was all these things going on. There was pride in my own heart that I didn't want to let go. But what eventually happened over the next year while we lived together was the Lord started softening my heart and we actually like, became good friends. We weren't close. We weren't best friends. Like, I, I don't call him once a week and see how he's doing, but we became friends, which is weird. So even after this picture, like, there was a friendship that was built. <clears throat> and what I find really interesting is like, through our whole college experience, there was this disunity that happened among us based on ideas, beliefs, thoughts. Um, and the very interesting thing is we live in a world that's very much similar. Like we live in a world that is so set on how do we disunify each other um, based on what you think or believe or anything like that. Like just think of it like this week. If you guys hopefully are like, know what happened this last week? Midterms, perfect. Hopefully you guys voted. Probably not. Uh, That's what it sounds like. But midterms happen. So politics, right? So like if I was to like, I'm not going to, but if I was to like say some political like beliefs or something like that, probably your first inclination is like, I agree with you or I disagree with you. But pretty much like this whole last month of elections and all these kind of things, all the commercials I saw were just like, like just slandering each other. Like there'd be a commercial about this person. It wouldn't even say what they believed. It'd be like, don't ever vote for this person. They're horrible. They're awful. They're bad for Colorado. End of commercial. Didn't endorse another candidate. They were just like slashing these people's images. And over and over and over, that's all I saw. And that's exactly what it is now. Like we talk to people, we have different political beliefs and this is what happens. Oh, you don't agree with me? We can't be friends. Oh, you think differently than me about this? You're, you're a bad person, right? We, some of us may have experienced really deeply, I know I have, like just this idea of like, just because I don't agree with someone, that we're completely separated. I mean, just think of the disunity we've had in the last three years about COVID, right? Are you, are you a mask person or you think we shouldn't wear them? Are you an anti-vaxxer or are you a vaxxer? Do you think we should follow the rules that are set or you shouldn't? And we set ourselves on these dividing sides and we, we, we sit in these camps and if someone else from any other belief decides to say something against us, it's not an idea of like, maybe you're wrong. It's like, no, you're just an awful person. We live in a world of disunity and it's so funny to me that all we hear is like, how do we become unified? Everything you see is like, oh, we're, we're trying to become a united country, a united this, a united that. But we sit in a world of disunity. And the interesting thing is us as Christians, or if you have confessed Christ in here, you're, you're a part of a church. Like, there's even like, disunity inside the church. How often do we look at that church over there and those people, they believe that, that, and that. Right? The thing is, is that in our disunity, we, we completely forget that Jesus calls us to something completely different. Jesus calls his people, he calls the church, he calls believers to be unified. Christ does not want separation or division. Um, and I, I want us to, we're going to spend most of our time in John chapter 17. I'm going to have the verse up here if you want to flip. Um, but John 17 um, is a passage, um, it's called the high priestly prayer. So what it is, is Jesus is praying to God, um, and he's asking God, the Father, to bring unity amongst his people, to protect his people as they go out, because Jesus understands that he's not going to be on earth much longer. So he's making this prayer. And what I want to I do is I want to bring us to two verses that I see Jesus calling his people to something different than what we have experienced here um, just in his time. Um, so John chapter 17, verses 22 and 23 say this. 
the glory that you have given me, Jesus is talking, I have given to them, people, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Right, Jesus is, is having this conversation with the Father, and I, like, so he, he says these two phrases. He says, they may be one as we are one, and that they may become perfectly one. Now, I want, I want to just talk about these two, two phrases, because I think they're so important. Um, so in college, I wasn't the best listener, so I would always go to the review times, and I would like overview everything. Um, I also like would study 15 minutes before the test, take the test, forget it. So when I talk about an overview, what I mean is I want to talk about this very briefly because what I'm about to talk about is can be really caught up in the weeds and stuff. But when he talks about this idea of that we are one, I'm going to use this very Christian-y word. Um, so just bear with me. It says the word is Trinity. The word Trinity refers to God, but it refers to God in Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And the only reason I'm saying this is because if not, you, you ask the question, Jesus and God, aren't they the same, or what's going on? All I want to get across is the Trinity is talking about that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are one, and they're together, but they, they have different roles. Jesus came to earth, Father is in heaven, and the Holy Spirit lives within us. End of overview, okay? That's what he's talking about. He's talking about this unity, but what he really is pointing to that I want us to really focus on is this idea that they may become perfectly one. Jesus is using this idea of him and the Father together, but he's ultimately saying, look how perfect we are together. Look how unified we are. Look how it works. I pray that for my people. We are not to be a church. We are not to be a people that look at ourselves and find ways to push other people away, or we don't just go and we're a part of something. We don't get to come here on college nights if we call ourselves believers and we follow Jesus and say, I really don't want to meet that person. Eh, that person is not what I, like, what I want to be around. It's like, no, that's not what we, like Jesus is saying, we come together as perfectly one. And that's what I want to get into um, tonight is I want to lay this foundation for us um, tonight about what does it mean to be perfectly one? What is Jesus talking about? And then what I want to do is I want to put up some walls around it. Um, because what can happen is we can get into a million different conversations about what is unity, how do we become unified, all these kind of things. But if we don't know the heart behind why there's even there, then we're going to lose everything else right? It's like, it's like running a marathon and having no reason to do it. It's just not fun. Well, I don't know if it's fun anyways, but people <laughs> like it, um, right? So maybe not the best, maybe it doesn't stick. But so what I want to do is I want to lay this foundation. Um, and I want to start with this. Um, I want to start with what brings us together, what for us to look around this room and go, I may not be like them, but we're somehow connected. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, the very beginning of the Bible, the first book, the first chapter, Jesus said, or God says this. He says, so God created man in his own image, man and woman. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The thing is, is for many of us, we look around the room and all we see is what maybe separates us, but we forget that all of us were created in the image of God. And that's not if you're in here and been like, man, this is my first time at church ever, or if you've grew up in church, or, you can, or if you say you're a follower of Christ, or if you're not. Everyone here is created in the image of God. Every person you see on CSU campus or your work or walking down the street was created in the image of God. We all bear the same image. There's no one, no matter how awful of a person or how wicked of a person or how 
interesting or weird or any of that nature that separates us from other people. We were all created in the image of our creator. Let that sink in. Because I think sometimes we forget that. That there's not much different between us. Maybe some looks, maybe some thoughts, maybe some ideas that we like or hobbies. But we were all created in the image of God. And right, for some of you guys to be like, well, of course we're like, like all equal, right? The idea of like image like means we, we have the same dignity, we have the same respect, we all deserve these things. Like, of course that's true. And like we, there's like all these movements going on of talking about how we're all the same and all on level playing field. But the problem is, is like those all like, they go up to a point and then they stop. I can't tell you how many conversations I've been in with people who treat me like a human being and then the second that I say something that they don't like, it's like I'm, like I'm garbage. I'm less than, right? Everything about us being unified and being the same and all on this level playing field goes until something goes wrong. You understand that. Maybe it's for you that walked up and says, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I don't want to be around Christian. Maybe it's your political or moral beliefs, or maybe it's what you like, um, or maybe it's your gender. I don't know what you may, you may have dealt with. We, there's just so many things that people put up walls, and because you dislike something or view differently, the idea that we're all the same is no more. But let me encourage you that we are all made in the image of God. You don't need to feel less than or anything else because you may look differently to someone else because you still bear the same mark that that person does. We are all image bearers. We're all on a level playing field. We're unified because of our image. Now, I want to take, take that idea and that bubble. I want to shrink it. I want to take us even tighter into what, you, what unity that looks like for us. Right, for us that it would, would confess Christ and say that we, we are followers, um, there's something that even makes us tighter. In Romans 8, 15, it says this. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, um, or Dad, God, Dad, Father. The idea of the word here is Adoption. Like when I say that word, most of us can think like the general, like, yeah, I understand adoption. It's a family, most likely bringing someone in that no, has no relation or maybe some relation into a family, right? And when they enter that family, what they do is they, be, they, they have the same name, they have the same values, they are a part of something, they move in with them. And that's exactly what Paul's painting a picture here. When you, um, when you come into the, like, into the body of Christ, the family of believers, like what happens is you are adopted into the family. Like Christ comes and he takes you and he gives you a different name. He gives you a different image. He gives you a different life and says, you are no longer that, but you are this. We are adopted. The old things that used to hold us are no more. There's something new that you are marked by. You look around this room and you know some, and you look around and go, man, they are, they are Christians. They believe in Christ. That means they are adopted just like you. 
And sometimes we get into the messes of trying to figure out things and we, we, for, we let the, the little things become the big things and we let the big things become the small things. It's like flipping a pyramid upside down and everything gets out of whack because the problem is we don't really see each other as the same. Adopted. And that adoption doesn't just mean we're brought in. Like what I love about later in Romans, Paul says four chapters later in Romans chapter 12, verses four and five, he says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Paul uses this example that we're brought not into uh, just a family, we're brought into a body. We're brought into something. Right, and just as easily, like, I can't just, like, look at my hand and rip off my finger and throw it away and go, like, I'm okay. Like, is the same way it does with us. Many of us view the body of Christ that we're a part of, the church here, that we're like a Lego piece. Like, have you guys ever played with Legos? You, like, put them on, you pull them off, right? Like, we think we can be put on somewhere, and then maybe when we don't do something right or we're not needed, we're, like, taken off. It's like, it's not, it's not what Paul's saying. He's like, we're a body. Like, this last summer, I broke my hand. I broke my pinky, um, or like right below my pinky, it was a terrible time. Um, when you're right-handed and you lose your right hand, it is a rough go. But I, I broke my hand, and like I couldn't just like go like, well, I'm going to rip my pinky off. It's all fine. No, I had to put this thing in a cast. I had to like baby it everywhere I went. And for six weeks, I couldn't use it. But it did two things. It allowed me to really realize how much I need my hand but it also showed me how much I need the rest of my body to be able to make sure things function. The thing is, is when we talk about being a part in unity, there are so many things that unify us, but we forget them because we care about other things. How many times do we step into an argument or a disagreement or to someone that we're not like, and the first thing we think of is what separates us rather than what brings us together? I fall in the same trap. I, I remember growing up and not being in the inner crowd. Like I remember going through middle school. I was four foot eleven, so I was made fun of because I was short um, and didn't grow until my sophomore year of high school. And I remember just wanting to be like them. But anytime I had a conversation, all I was like, "Well, we're different in this way. I can't be with you because we're different. I can't tell you how many like relationships I've hurt and friendships that I was like, because we're too different, I can't be, like hang out with you." I can't engage this friendship, right? Just like with Josh, all I thought of is what separated us and what divided us. But the thing is, is I could have had a friend that became super close through four years of college. Right? And for some of us, we go like, Andrew, that sounds great. This idea of a body, this idea of being together, but like my experience hasn't been that wonderful. Right? So what I want to do is, I, I want, as I lay this foundation of image bearers, as I lay this foundation of we are adopted, we are part of the body, I want to talk about how great being a part of, the, like, being a part of this body is, being a part of this, this group, being a part of being a follower of Christ, the family of God. Like, do you, like God created this body, created this fellowship, created us to be a place that we care for each other. Like we come to a place when we're broken and we are lost and there's nothing else left for us that we can't do and people come and they care for us. They pick us up. They hold us together. 
Like the idea that like when a little kid, um, there's a thunderstorm and they run out of their room and they run to their dad and they cling to him because all there is is fear and worry that the father comes and holds them. Same way that us, we, we, see, our, we see people in this room hurting and broken and we should be caring for them. That's what, we're, that's what the body of Christ is for, to care for people. It's, it's a place that we can have people bear our sufferings. And the, then the hardest parts of our lives that there could be people to be there for. Um, I remember about two years ago, I had a friend, um, and then they were, they were having a baby, and they had a miscarriage. Um, and, I, and I remember just going to his house and just giving him a hug. And I was like, dude, I have no idea what to say. Like, I've never experienced this. I have no idea what to say. And I just remember him thanking me just for being there and loving him. Because that's what the body of Christ does. We bear with each other's sufferings in our hurtings and our longings. This should be a place, a safe haven to come and to have people suffer with us. It's a place that we find encouragement. Encouragement to keep going when there's nothing left to go. Encouragement for people to point us to Christ when we want to give up. Encourage us when we feel like we fail at at every turn. This is, guys, this is not just a place that we come and we're here. It's like a place that is so filled, a place that we care and we are cared for, that we, we can put our sufferings out and, then peop- and bear each other's others, bear others' sufferings, that we can encourage others and be encouraged. It's also a place that we can be vulnerable, that we can lay out all the things that are going on. When we fail, it's sin, when we mess up, when we're hurting and we're broken. And not just for people to bear, but a place that we can speak that to other people. And it's, it's, it's also a place to be loved. The number one thing that I think the world chases after is to be loved. And we have it here. We have a place that we can be loved and love people. That is the body of Christ. That is the picture that Paul's trying to place with this idea that you were adopted into something. You weren't just adopted so you could come to church and check off a list and read your Bible in the morning. He says, no, you were adopted into a family, a family that cares for you and loves you, one that'll walk with you and encourage you and be vulnerable and suffer with you. And what I can say right now is most of you probably have never experienced the depths of that. Right? Most of us would say, man, Andrew, that sounds like a really, really nice picture. But I've never experienced that. I've never experienced what it's truly like to be adopted into a family and feel that. And I think that's for a number of reasons. I think I want to I talk about four of them that I think are like, I really, really see pretty open and I'm just out there, right? I think there's a ton more, but I think these four kind of break down why we, dis- we choose not to engage that kind of unity and why that unity hasn't been shown to us inside the body. The first is this. <clears throat> I-, I think we don't have unity with each other or we don't have that kind of fellowship that Paul's talking about because of pride, right? Many of us deal with this idea that I may be a better Christian or a greater Christian, and I, man, you see that, like, that person over there, and they're just really struggling, and I, I just can't be a friend of that. I'm just too holy. I'm too, I'm too good. I'm too, be- like, 
I'm just a better Christian. Or you're too prideful that you won't go step into that conversation because they're just too different. I think pride is one of the greatest ways that destroys unity. I think the second thing that we see that destroys, <clears throat> destroys unity is hurt. Some of us have just been hurt. We, 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 tr- we attempted to step in unity and something was abused or used or something happens and we are hurt. Um, and I think, to be very honest, this is where I fall into. Like I fall into the hurt that I've experienced inside of a church and I go, I don't know if I can step into it again. Right? Or we look at people and we go, man, they, they really look like the people that hurt me back in high school. The way they act, the way they dress, they were exactly like the people that used to outcast me and bully me and make fun of me and feel like I'm not enough. You're hurt by your past experiences and you hold on to those. And not saying that you just need to get over your hurt. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is we, we hesitate to step into a fellowship with believers because of the hurt that we have experienced. I think most of the time our hurt leads into the next one, which is judgment. We judge people, right? They must be like this because they look like this, or they hang out with them, so they must be like this, right? Judgment sucks the, de- the desire of unity from all of us, right? It sucks to be judged, but we've definitely judged other people. I think judgment falls into two different things. It's the pride of thinking we're so much better than everyone else and everyone else is less, or it's the idea that we've, we judge ourselves so lowly that we can't step into it. We don't have unity because of our pride or because of hurt, um, because of judgment. I think the last one is fear. But what if I, what if I tell this person and they turn it on me? What if I'm vulnerable and they reject me? What if I give all I have and in the end it just fails? We fear stepping into something. We fear what can come of it. We allow fear to not allow us to step into a beautiful picture that God has painted for us, this idea of a body that we're all a part of it. Just like you look at your body and like it doesn't make sense how certain things happen, right? You're like, like, just things just, like, breathing. Like, we don't really understand. Like, we know how breathing works, but, like, the idea that, like, you just breathe or, like, your brain works, like, none of that makes sense. It's a beautiful picture, and that's what Paul's trying to paint here. But for many of us, the fear and the hurt and the judgment and the pride has made us feel like, man, church is just the thing I go to because I'm supposed to, and it doesn't feel like the family that God has called me to. When Jesus talks about unity, what he's talking about is that this, he's, we're being unified amongst each other. And that's a really hard thing. Because I'm right there with you. The first thing I think of is not that I was created in God's image and you're created in God's image, and that I was adopted and you were adopted, which means that we're a part of the same body. We're supposed to be together, caring and loving and bearing each other's burdens. All I think about is how has my hurt affected me and how am I not going to let it go?
But, <clears throat> but even though God's plan for us is unity and we've experienced some things um, that have caused um, or others have caused that we don't feel that unity, we have, we have an option of restoration. What I love about John 17 is this, is like, the high, like I said, it's called a high priestly prayer. And what John is doing, he's praying to the Father, Lord, unify them, protect them. And what I find so interesting is Jesus is making this prayer and Jesus is the answer to that prayer. Jesus isn't just like praying, like we would pray, like, God, would you do this, this, and this? Jesus is saying, Lord, would you do all these things? And because of what I'm about to do, these things will happen. Right? Jesus is talking about this, this understanding for all of us that, there was, that we were separated people. Right? We were separated from God because of our sin. Right? Sin is a rebellion to God, a, a rejecting of God. That is sin. And, what, and all of us are tainted with this. And Jesus knew this and we're marked by it. And because of that sin, forevermore we were going to be separated from God. This unity that Jesus is praying for could never happen without him. And he knew that. And so what he did is he saw all the hopelessness, all the separation, and he came down from heaven, and he stepped on earth, and he walked this perfect life for us. All to, be, all to be crucified and killed on a cross. So then die and raise three days later, defeating death, and now he's back in heaven, unified with the Father. But now, we now have the opportunity to be unified with him. And there's hope that all the pride that we deal with and all the things that are holding us back, there'll be humility within our pride. There'll be healing to our hurt. There'll be forgiveness inside of the judgment. We don't need to worry about what community has in store, what will happen, because we have a Father who's calling us to it. Maybe for some of you here, you've heard this whole sermon, you're like, to be very honest, that I've never accepted Christ, so none of this really matters. What I would say for you is if you're in this room and you've never confessed Christ, you've never even thought about what adoption would look like, it's an opportunity tonight to step into that, that there's a God who saved you. And his desire is not just to cast you out and leave you where you are, it's to bring you in and love you. Because of the cross of Christ, we now have unity that Jesus is calling us to. And like I said, like tonight, all I want to do is I want to I lay some groundwork for us. I want for you to be able to walk away going, what, like, yes, Jesus calls us to unity, but like, what's, what's holding us together? What's the glue that puts it back? And it's Christ, and it's Jesus. So I want to ask the question, what is holding you back from living in unity with each other? Is it pride um, and you need to have humility towards others? Is it past hurt and you need to forgive those people or maybe a church? Is it judgment that you need to stop having and step into conversations? Is it fear um, that needs to be let go and confidently be with the people that God has given you? Or is it for you that have never been adopted? Maybe it's time to surrender all to him and live in unity with your creator. What I want to do, we're going to do is we're going to play two last songs. I just encourage you to, to ask that question. Ask the question, what is keeping me from, from unity? What is keeping me from being a part of this body? Not in, this, not in the way of just being here, being a part of something, but experiencing what he's had for us.
a family, a togetherness, where we could walk up to anyone and know that we're, we're unified, not because of anything we're like or anything we do, but because of who Christ and what he has done for us. And as you consider, and then I'd ask you if you feel like there's any way that's happening that you would, you would pray and ask the Lord to redeem it. And you'd step into what the Lord has for you if you guys would pray with me. Lord, I just thank you um, for tonight. I thank you for your word. Um, Lord, I thank you that, um, Father, that you are good um, and holy, Lord, and that you have unified us because of the cross. Father, I just pray for just this time as we step into worship, and Lord, that you would just reveal to us if there's anything in us, if there's anything that has caused us to not live in unity with each other as a part of this family, Lord, I just ask that, Lord, you would work and you would move and you would reveal those things. So Father, I pray you would have your way um, and you'd yeah, just speak to us. In your name we pray, amen.